Have you ever scrambled with thoughts on how you were going to entertain your guest at your big event or big event that you were hosting? Why not treat your amazing guest with live music? Allow me to personally recommend to you a saxophonist that's guaranteed to bring his best every time he performs. Verl Tolbert is his name, his bilanguage, his enthusiasm, his smile will tell you his story. Verl played at my wedding and he was also a guest on this podcast, episode number four. A natural entertainer and talented musician, Verl T, the perfect choice for all events and special occasions, playing smooth jazz, R&B, neo-soul, blues, pop, and gospel music are his passion. Saxophonist Verl Tolbert is from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and has been playing saxophone for over 15 years. Verl T plays alto, soprano saxophone, electric wind instrument, also known as the iwi, with a heavy dose of soul. Allow Verl T to help make your event something super special. For booking information, navigate to verlt.com. That's Verl spelled V-E-A-R-L, the letter T, dot com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Defining Moments Podcast. Get on social media. Find us on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. On Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. We're on all sorts of podcasting platforms from Google to iTunes to iHeartRadio to Spotify. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it. We're also on YouTube so you can see the video edition. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it if you believe in it. And no matter what, show some appreciation today, every day, because someone is always leading you on. Kind of a crazy few months. So. I know. I Thrilled know. to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. How have you been doing this morning? I'm good. You know, uh, being back in the district is great. Uh, I like being home. I like sleeping in my own bed. Um, people have asked me sort of how often are you here? And uh, it's about two weeks in D.C., two weeks here. Um, wow. The great thing is our direct flights came back um, about March. And so nice. two and a half hours I can be in D.C. and two and a half hours I can be home. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Family, husband, kids. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff and I um, have been married for 25 years. This January. Um, and our oldest daughter's at Oklahoma State. Our younger daughter's a senior in high school. We think uh, she's made the decision to head north to Stillwater as well. We'll keep our fingers crossed. It'll be a little easier for Jeff and I. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I mean, it's a little bit of a transition for us. Um, this is a season of life of transition, certainly because of my election to Congress, but also we're getting ready to be empty nesters. And so wow. it's kind of a crazy time. Yeah. That is insane. So how does it feel to be in Oklahoma City, Project 30? attend a house that Kyle Golding built. I, you know, Kyle and I have been friends for a very long time. Yeah. And it's really cool to see um, this space and um, be with you all here yeah. and get to experience uh, the cool things he's doing. I've watched his Saturday morning hustle yeah. videos online and uh, <laughs> and know that he's uh, really doing great work out there. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Margie, we have some gifts. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We got one for uh, Penny. Yes. We oh, do. great. Yeah. Okay. And yes, then and she helps that all this. She does. Penny's uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I will make sure to get these to her. Thank yeah. you for that. And then we have another gift for you and your husband. Aww, He's got one you. gift in the bag, but you've got the other three. Okay, so excellent. It's all yours, Congresswoman. I'll make sure to let him know. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. So habits, morning habits. You're a busy woman. What are some of your habits that help you throughout the day? 
you know, um, I'm trying to be a little more intentional in how I do things. In the past, it's sort of been kind of go with the flow. But because time is really a commodity at this point for me, I try to be intentional in how I do things. My daily routine, I get, I usually uh, wake up, read my phone, which is the news, typically kind of get caught up on what's happening um, and then get ready for the day. Um, I'm not a coffee drinker. I actually prefer hot tea. And so I fix myself a cup of Earl Grey and I drink it like the British people laugh. Uh, I like cream and sugar in my tea and uh, grab a cup of caffeine and out the door. I've never had cream and sugar and tea before. I'll make you some scones too. So it'll be a full (laughs) British setup for you at some point. (laughs) Okay, well, I guess it's on air, so we'll hold you to that. We'll have scones and British tea. Hey, I have to say, in my former life, um, I actually ended up being a food reviewer for the Oklahoma Gazette, which you probably didn't know. No, I didn't know. A little tidbit about me um, before I ever ran for office. And one of the reasons that I did it was I had started a blog back in 2010, and it was all about food because I love to cook. And so I make a really mean scone. Do you cook or bake? I do both. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do both. Um, I probably enjoy baking more. Okay. Um, but, I, but I'm but i pretty good at both of them. So. Yeah. Baking making, and is for the structured people. That's true. You're yeah. right. And I, I usually am pretty structured. Um, but I do. I love to make um, s- really great scones and also biscuits. And if yeah. you visit my Instagram page, you can see some of the pictures of the things I've baked in the past. So that's awesome. And actually... We don't have a research department. We are our own research department. And we did, <laughs> quote unquote, troll your Instagram page. And I did see a lot of food pics. And I did see a picture of a steak. How do you take your steak? Ooh, um, I like my steak medium rare. Oh, we it. have a winner. We can drop the podcast now. <laughs> Truly, if you are cooking your steak, anything over you know medium, there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, we're in Oklahoma. You should be you know medium rare, maybe even you know a little rare on the rare yeah. side. But yeah, yeah. And I actually, my husband and I um, decided to during the. COVID um, pandemic, we ended up buying a half a cow. Um, nice. So now we have a freezer full of meat. Um, awesome. So we can have a good fatty ribeye anytime we want. Oh, nice. man. Nice. Half cow club over yeah. here, too. Yeah. Well, we got a full We one. got a full cow. Yeah. <laughs> That's From, a lot of freezer space. Uh, yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. We were we were trying to pawn off meat because there's only two of us. <laughs> yeah, so right. there's only yeah. so much cow we can actually eat. Yeah. We, we, love, we love supporting our local ag culture community. Uh, Jeff Parker's one we bought our mm-hmm. cow from. His name's Larry for some reason. We we did end up getting a name for the cow before the cow. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So we were introduced yep. to the cow, which is actually really nice. I know my mom was totally, she she said she couldn't do that. She said she there'd be no way she could actually meet or know the cow's name before <laughs> before getting it. I love that you um, named it Larry. That's yeah. So yeah. Cool. yeah. So we have a whole cow stuffed in a freezer and like to your point, fatty ribeyes whenever you want. Ground mm-hmm. beef, yeah, from local farm or rancher, and yeah. it's great. We did the same thing. Uh, Monty Tucker, um, I got to know through uh, the Oklahoma Farm Bureau, and uh, noticed that he'd been posting on Facebook that he was, um, you know, butchering cattle. So called him up one day and said, "Hey, I want one." He said, "November, you can have it in November." Yeah, nice. uh, this was last summer, and so it took a while, but um, fantastic, yeah, know, fresh, um, you know, meat that you can't find anywhere else. Yeah, what's your favorite part about the whole ag? community here in Oklahoma? You know, they are incredibly community driven. Mm-hmm. Everything that they do revolves around supporting their own community, whether that be the city, the town, the school. You know, if you 
look at, for example, Pottawatomie County, which is part of the congressional district, the Shawnee area, the Tecumseh area. It's just a very community-driven um, environment for the ag folks. And so everyone knows everyone else. It's sort of the quintessential 1950s America. <laughs> they still yeah. live in that. You know, you drive yeah. down the street and you know your neighbors and you know who um, just got married or who had a baby or all the things that I think in some ways we miss out on living in an, an urban or suburban um, community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. What I noticed every time I go hang out with Parker is everyone waves to everyone and everyone <laughs> smiles at, every, at everyone. Yeah. And we live in the city, Oklahoma City now, which isn't a bad, but when you try to wave to people, they're kind of just like, why are you waving at me? Unless, <laughs> unless you own a Jeep. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. My, we do? Yeah. my husband and I own a Jeep as well. And so I should say my husband has the Jeep. It's not mine. It's his for sure. But um, I did learn when we bought the Jeep several years ago that there is a specific wave. And if you yep. are driving the Jeep, you need to know the wave and execute properly. So. That, that's right. That's right. Now, now the modern day Jeepers and new ones are getting lazy because they put the uh, sticker of the hand on their side mirror. Uh, yeah. So it acts as a wave. Yeah, that is it's true. It, it's it's <laughs> not the same. Yeah. It is the cheating way. <laughs> yeah. And we have a Subaru Outback and some dude in a Subaru Outback tried to wave to me and I just like, no, bro, <laughs> this is a Jeep thing, man. That's you can't Jeep. do that. Exactly. <laughs> you got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you grow up wanting to get into politics? No, I never even thought about it. Um, I graduated from Oklahoma State University with a marketing degree and I always sort of pictured myself going off to the big city, you know, maybe New York or, um, you know, some other big, big, large urban city and um, getting into marketing, um, living in a high rise, having a corner office sort of thing. And, um, but, you know, that wasn't what, you know, my plan was at all. And I ended up um, meeting Jeff um, in college and we got married shortly thereafter. And I ended up sort of focusing on sales and marketing. One of the things I knew about myself fairly early on is that I really love to be around people. And I needed to find an avenue that kind of fostered that. And so sales, you know, it's what you do. You're building those relationships and engaging with folks. And so I ended up um, doing that for, gosh, almost 20 years. Um, Pivoted a little bit towards the end and uh, went to work for the family business. My father um, started a a technology company back in the mid nineties. And when we had our daughters, I kind of wanted to be a little bit more flexible with work. And so he said, Hey, you can work remote for me. So I did that for a while and I ended up running all the digital marketing. And that was back in the 2005 timeframe when that was just starting to get, um, to become a thing. And then, um, started my own gig and did social media consulting and digital marketing for a while. And in uh, 2014, a friend of mine came knocking at my door and he said, Hey, I think you should run for, um, for my Senate seat. He was the current sitting Senator at the time. And I said, I don't know the first thing about running for public <laughs> office and why would I do this? You know. And his answer actually um, was really profound for me. He said, well, I've seen the things that you've done in the community. Um, I've seen the things you've done in the faith community um, at our church. And he said, I feel like that you're the type of person that's a go-getter. You do things, you get stuff done. And he said, we need more people like that. And we need more women. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, in the state legislature or the state Senate, actually, at the time, um, there were only um, three women, three women serving at the time wow. out of 48. 
So as a mother of daughters, I sort of thought to myself, this would be an opportunity to do something that I never really, you know, thought twice about. And I thought it would be a good um, opportunity for me to do something good for my community. So um, took a leap of faith, literally called Jeff and said, Hey, uh, what do you think about running for office? And he was like, well, if she's already asking the question, the ship has sailed. I better get on board. Um, and so that kind of started my journey yeah. and, uh, ran for the Oklahoma state Senate seat that I held. Um, my claim to fame, um, is the fact that I championed alcohol modernization. Yeah. So if you can buy a, um, cold craft beer at your local on cue or a bottle of wine at the grocery, you're welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, not, it was never really, you know, I never really thought about it from the alcohol standpoint. It was always about economic development and jobs. Yeah. And um, you've seen all these incredible breweries pop up across Oklahoma, um, wineries, expansions. Now we have distilleries that have become pretty um, popular. So um, really incredible growth. And that was kind of a cool thing to see. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. We, we definitely appreciate the sacrifice you give to our community, our state and our country being a public figure. I mean, and that's, that's the ultimate being a public servant is what you're doing. Yeah. And so we appreciate you very much. And it is a sacrifice because it's your city, it's your time and it's a lot of energy to Tons. do the work you're doing. Yeah. So I think I'm blessed. I have an amazing spouse who is incredibly supportive. And even when we were discerning this congressional race, at one point he looked at me and he said, would you consider doing something like this in the future? And I said, maybe, yeah. And he said, then you should do it now because people are encouraging you to run. They're asking for you to consider mm -hmm. it. And you may never get that opportunity again. And I never want you to look back and think, I wish. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have taken that leap of faith. Sure. So I think surrounding yourself with supportive spouses um, is what it's all about, regardless of what you want to do, whether right. it's um, running for public office or um, changing careers. Um, my husband sort of jokes that I have professional ADHD. It's like, Oh, I want to do that. Let me try this. I haven't done this yet. You know, so yeah. no, that's good. Staying curious. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's really good. Has there been a defining moment of being, you know, a public servant up till this point, uh, for you? I think probably seeing the alcohol modernization come to fruition, it was sort of the you know, I'd worked on it for two years almost, and then it was voted on in November of 16, and then it didn't take effect until October of 18. So <clears throat> the morning, October 1st, 2018, it's almost like Christmas morning. You know, you've waited so long to see this actually happen. Um, I remember I went to the Capitol for a big ceremony that uh, Anheuser-Busch put on with the Clydesdales. And then I went to Whole Foods and they had <laughs> set up their wine display. And I remember standing there and the manager came over, ma'am, can we help you? <laughs> no, just, just get it all in, you know? <laughs> and then, um, and then I went to Trader Joe's and that was probably the most shocking to me because as you all know, Trader Joe's ha is known for, um, what they, I think used to call two buck Chuck, which was their yes. cheap wine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you couldn't sell it uh, in, in the Trader Joe's here. And so I vividly remember it was about 11 o'clock on a Monday, October 1st. And I walk in and the store is packed. There are five deep in every checkout line and every one of them has wine in the, in the cart. And I stood there watching for a bit and 
the mayor of Nichols Hills um, happened to be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not the mayor, the police chief. I'm sorry, the police chief. And I knew him and he walked up to me and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm admiring my handiwork. <laughs> 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 but it was just shocking to see all the excitement around it. It was pretty, I think it was a realization that you can make a difference in some sure. way. Mm-hmm. And there are other pieces of legislation that touch my heart that um, made an impact on families and, and lives of people that I will always carry with me. But whether it was in the state legislature or now, I know that the things that I'm doing can have a profound impact. And that's mm-hmm. really why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. awesome. Take us back to 2020 election night for you. What was going through your mind? What were you feeling throughout that night? And maybe even a few weeks or days that led up to it? Well, first, I think looking at the campaign as a whole, it was a brutal campaign. We had a nine-way Republican primary and then a runoff election in August. And that, that primary is in June, so you have about less than eight weeks before a runoff, uh, which is in the end of August. And then the general election. And what what most people didn't maybe think about is that we haven't had a lot of competitive races in Oklahoma. So this ended up being the most expensive congressional race ever run. Um, Actually, the most expensive race period ever run in Oklahoma. There was so much national attention for taking the seat back. You had a lot of outside dollars being brought into the race. Um, And so there was just an unusual dynamic around this congressional race that you'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. And the, it was a lot of work. It was really, you know, a brutal slog in some ways because of that focus. But, you know, um, that November election night was incredible. I think I didn't sleep well the night before, as you can imagine, <laughs> I was up late and up early and didn't, and took maybe a little nap, but I was anxious and I did a lot of, um, interviews that morning. And then what was really kind of cool. And I will always remember as I went and stood in line to vote and the lines were very long, especially mm-hmm. where I live, it was a two and a half hour wait. Wow. And I remember getting in line and people were, you know, were telling me, Oh, we're so excited for you. <laughs> we, we cannot wait to see you. And, you know, to see sort of your community and your yeah. friends rally around you. Um, and, Maybe we don't agree on everything, but I also remind people, um, you know, how long have you all been married? Mm-hmm. Well, three, three, years. Years. three and a half years. Yeah. Do you yeah. all agree 100% of the time? Yeah, no. Yeah. no. <laughs> Jeff no. and I have been married 25 years. Um, he's a great guy, but we don't agree 100% of the time. And so I think that, you know, you find someone that you um, trust their values and their judgment mm-hmm. and you and you run with it. And people did that. And I um, was just kind of blown away on election night to see the results and um, know that, um, I was going to be headed to DC. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Hey, that's a great outlook because the way we look at the United States of America, that's our team and we're teammates of that team. And so we may not agree on everything and we shouldn't because the diversity of thought makes us even stronger Amen. and better. Right. Yeah. So that's the way we look at life. No, I think that's exactly right. And that's one of the things when, um, when I talk about women running for office, it's not because we're better at all. It's just that we bring a diversity of thought to the to the table. And I think that we haven't had enough of that. Yeah. And so putting yourself out there, one of <clears throat> one of the things that I've noticed is that women tend not to see themselves in those roles. They have to be asked. Mm-hmm. And I'm the perfect example. I had to be asked to run for the Senate. Yeah. Um, people encouraged me to run for Congress. And so 
I think focusing on is young girls and women who may not think of themselves in these roles is really important. Yeah. And again, we may not agree on every issue or every right. um, idea, but uh, you got to put yourself out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I try to tell my wife to she should get into politics too. Oh goodness! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I think people have paid attention to politics more in the last two years, good, bad, or indifferent, sure. than mm-hmm. they ever have before. And what I always said before I ran for Congress was that um, all politics is local, and you hear that phrase. But truly, people realized it with COVID, yeah. mm-hmm. because you talked about mask mandates and school, yep. virtual school, yeah. and nobody really understood who made the rules. Mm-hmm. And so COVID maybe, in a weird way, highlighted that. Mm-hmm. And so now you see people interested in the school board, interested in city council races. Um, And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe long-term that brings some perspective to um, who's really making the laws that we, you know, all live by every day. Yeah. Yeah. And boosting civic engagement probably. And and parents now teaching their kids like, okay, you see this, if you don't like it, this is how it changes. And yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's how we boost better citizens. And When I was in the state legislature, it's a little bit different now, but people would say, how do I get engaged? How do I get involved? And I'd say, call me, call your, you know, your house member or your senator and go meet with them. They'll, Mm -hmm. they'd be happy to come have a cup of coffee with you Mm -hmm. and get to know you. And I have so many constituents that I um, became friends with over the years when I was in the state Senate, because they would just engage on a regular basis. They would send me emails. They would, you know, text me, Hey, I saw this is coming up for a vote. You know, we really think it's a great option. You want that input from people. Mm -hmm. You want them to feel like their voices are are being heard and that's why you run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I like that perspective. Yeah, it's it's true. We love your social media presence. Mm -hmm. We see that you're engaged with the ag community and the law enforcement and the military. We see you retweet, quote, tweet them all the time. What's your appreciation for them? Well, I am heartbroken as as to what's been happening over the last three or four weeks with the situation in Afghanistan. Um, I I will say that this administration has really, I think, made a, a catastrophic mistake in how we uh, withdrew. And, I, and we can certainly debate whether or not we should have withdrawn. I think some people would argue that we should probably leave the country regardless of that debate, it's how we left that's the problem. Mm-hmm. When we left all of our equipment behind, when we extracted our contractors early um, and then didn't have a plan to get everybody out, uh, it's it's catastrophic. And what's really been hard for me to watch is so many of our military uh, mm-hmm. veterans that have served in Afghanistan, some that are friends of mine sure. and, and even mm-hmm. um, some of our staff yeah. that have sat back and watched the last three or four weeks with complete just devastation. Why did I spend a year of my life or three tours or however long it is in Afghanistan um, all, to see it all evaporate in the blink of an eye? That's been really tough. You've seen I've, I've read recently that the mental health and suicide hotlines have been overwhelmed with people calling um that shouldn't be how it is and on the on the law enforcement side um my grandfather was the sheriff of sebastian county arkansas in fort smith (laughs) and um i have a healthy appreciation for law enforcement Mm -hmm. i know the challenges they face i remind people that you shouldn't use a blanket statement for 
um, painting a broad brush with people, you know, um, cops are bad. No, cops are not bad. There are a few bad cops and mm. yeah, we can, you know, there's a, there's a few bad folks in every profession. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Teachers, politicians, you name it. Um, but we have to be real thoughtful in making sure that, you know, we support these folks because literally mm-hmm. they are putting their lives on the line every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I want them to know that I value them. I appreciate them. I appreciate their service to the community and to the country, and I'll continue to be a champion for them. Yeah. That's awesome. You spoke of uh, Afghanistan. I think, Mar, you might have a few questions. Well, no, yeah, that's exactly I, I Well, I just appreciate being able to reach out to you on these issues, because I, I did. After this all went down, I reached out on Twitter, and I just said, you know, this is something that's really weighing on us. We donated a good portion of money to try to help get mm-hmm. people out of the country that were stuck there. Um, and then just, you know, s- being able to see that our representatives that we elected are uh, equally as heartbroken, but, yeah. you know, just the action. What are we going to yeah. do about yeah. this? Yeah. yeah. My office got several calls from folks that had um, f- either friends or former colleagues that were Afghan translators that were stuck in the country. And wow. so we were behind the scenes working with, um, frankly, the State Department wasn't incredibly helpful. Um, sure. When we would reach out to them, we'd get sort of a form email back saying, okay, we're, put, we're putting them on a the list. So there were a lot of my colleagues, especially the freshmen, um, mm. Ronnie Jackson, who's a mm. freshman member out yeah. of North Texas, mm-hmm. um, former physician, but also um, uh, military himself, um, Tony Gonzalez out of Texas. There were quite a few members, Mark Wayne Mullen, um, yeah. you all have read the news yeah. of Mark yeah. Wayne, yeah. Um, you know, just trying to figure out how do we get these folks out? They were left behind in a really tragic way and their lives are in jeopardy at this mm-hmm. point and we got to figure out how to um to get them out i think that's a smart you know plan is like, how do we deal with the immediate right now and the immediate need is let's get the people out that into safety and then we deal with and we come back and say okay how did this happen and then what can be done to prevent something like this in the future or how do we hold people accountable for what that, you know, decisions were made and maybe weren't made through the course of this. So, and I think that's been a tough message for people. I've done some listening sessions around the community in the last couple of weeks and um, people were very angry and, and rightly so they wanted action right now. And I kept saying to them, my first priority is getting every American out of the country. Mm -hmm. We have to do that first. Then we can start, you know, holding those accountable for the um, crisis that occurred there Mm -hmm. and, and the continued, um, uh, disaster as I mm-hmm. see it that's happening there but we have to really focus on the here and now there'll be plenty of time to investigate who knew what when and where mm-hmm. but for yeah. now yeah that has to be the priority yeah there's only so many hours in the day I guess yeah <laughs> no it's true and, and on that Afghanistan thing it brought back a lot of memories for my parents because mm-hmm. they fled Vietnam a communist country and dictatorship and yeah they brought back some crazy memories you and i have um a little similar background both um children of immigrants Mm -hmm. you know my father actually immigrated here from iran wow and sort of a similar situation in many ways although he came long before um iran changed into um religious hands so to speak but you know you I think some young people don't really recognize what they have. Yeah. 
you know, if you go back to, um, you know, Cambodia and the Khmer Rouge or Vietnam yeah. or Iran or now Afghanistan, um, people are fleeing because they are, their lives are literally in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this country isn't perfect, nope. but I take it over any other place in the world. 100%. Every day, twice on Sunday, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think young people sometimes just take that for granted. They don't realize what they have. And I've said before, we haven't seen tough times in this country. There's been some bumps in the road. Certainly sure. COVID's been a big challenge. You haven't seen, um, you know, high inflation and high jobless rates or even war. Mm-hmm. You know, they're really... It, it, excluding Afghanistan, you know, you haven't seen a a world war or anything of the like. And so um, sometimes perspective is really good. Mm -hmm. I was meeting with a gentleman a couple of years ago um, who at the time was 73. And we were talking about the political environment and how bad things have gotten and how nasty it is on social media. Mm -hmm. And I said, have you ever seen anything this bad before? And he looked at me and he said, well, I've seen worse. Yeah. And I I said, what do you mean? And he said, Vietnam, 1968. Mm. He said the country was torn apart. Um, People were, you know, you didn't talk to your neighbor if they were supportive of the war. We weren't supporting our military veterans when they were coming back from serving. He said, I've never seen this country so divided as it was back then protests Mm -hmm. people riding in the streets sort of thing and he said but you know what we got over that and things got better and i was like what an incredible perspective yeah Uh for sure for sure how do you deal with negativity on social media speaking of social media i got off (laughs) (laughs) i um i got off facebook Uh, i just felt like for my own mental health i needed to make that decision and my stuff handles my official stuff um i still am on twitter some um Mm. i do i do some some stuff on twitter just because i feel like it's a little bit um i don't have to dive into that as much um i really like um instagram because i feel like it's not the political side it's more of like what's happening in the community and what i'm doing and um it's a you know more family friendly if you will but you know social media certainly has its place and somebody that was in that field for quite some time I recognize the value, but I also recognize that there are some real downsides. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point earlier about trying to get to know your neighbor, you know, we don't do enough of that. We don't sit down with a cup of coffee and yeah. talk things through. You know, we want to shout at each other on social media, and um, that's not real helpful nor effective. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. That's interesting about having a cup of coffee because my wife actually challenged a, another person to come meet her. A disagreement. A disagreement. A disagreement off social media. I did offer just to meet in person to discuss, and she actually took me up on it. But nothing that she was being a keyboard warrior about was discussed. Not really, no. But it was was helpful to say, okay, there's a human being on the other side of this conversation, and and here's things that we have, you know, common agreements on, and here's kind of the common ground that we can come together on and say, yeah, I absolutely can support, you know, what you're feeling about this or, you know, putting action towards this element that we both are really excited about. So there's certainly, you know, the more you can have those conversations with people and get out and just meet face to face and really 
realize like there's a person there. Yeah. It's not just a profile picture and it's, you know, not just words. There's an actual human being with a unique story behind that person. That's and that's really why we started this podcast yeah. too, is, you know, get to know the people and get to know their their stories beyond just what they do. That's exactly know? right. Um and I think for someone like me that now has this title of, you know, member of Congress, people sort of think, uh, she, you know, doesn't understand or, you know, has never lived it. Look, my parents are divorced when I was young. Um, it was not a, a amicable divorce at all. Um, I, for a while, was being raised basically by a single mother. Um, I know what it's like to eat mustard and tomato sandwiches for, for lunch because you have nothing else. Um, I, you know, graduated from college and put myself through school because, um, my family didn't have the money to pay for it and, um, pulled myself up by by my bootstraps and, and made it happen. And so when you start hearing those conversations and stories from people, you know, then you recognize, okay, maybe they do get it. You know, um, I worked hard to, um, you know, get where I am. Um, but that doesn't mean that I've forgotten where I came from. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. What are maybe two questions that you wish people would ask you, but no one ever asked you? Oh, wow. Um, Two questions that people should ask that don't. Um, One might be, what's it like? What's it really like um, being in politics? You know, people don't, they see from the outside. Yep what it's like, um, but they don't really understand the dynamics in some cases of how hard it really is. You know, I'm reminded that often you're never going to make everyone happy. Somebody's always going to be mad at you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that the general public doesn't always see that. They don't realize that you have this side that's pulling in this direction and this side that's pulling in this direction, and you're trying to find some sort of middle ground. Um, and that's hard. It's really hard. It can weigh on you emotionally sometimes, especially yeah. when it's really contentious issues. Um, and so I think having a conversation around that aspect of politics may be good because it gives people the idea that, okay, you know, it's not as easy as it seems. Yeah. Uh, I think they just think that I'm living some glamorous life that I'm, you know, <laughs> flying back and forth to D.C. <laughs> and eating all these big fancy meals. No, I actually took a picture of my charcuterie, my homemade charcuterie board one night. And people were like, you're eating Triscuits. I'm like, you're right. I'm eating Triscuits because that's what's in the cabinet, you know. Um, you know, and, and then just getting to know me mm-hmm. as a person. And this is right. why I love what you all are doing is because I think it gives people the opportunity to get to know Stephanie, not the congresswoman. Yeah, yeah that's that's exactly right. And that's mm-hmm. what our goal is, is like we want to get to know Stephanie Bice. And mm-hmm. The congresswoman Bice is the bonus side of it. <laughs> so how what is politics really like? You know, it's been a real challenge for um, the freshmen. We Mm. came into um, Congress in January under COVID restrictions. D.C. was completely shut down. Um, Everybody was wearing masks, including on the floor and throughout the building. I may have reintroduced myself to my colleagues seven times before they Mm. finally said, yeah, we've met before um, because you didn't recognize them with masks on. And then when we took masks off, I felt like I was reintroducing myself to the same people. And 
politics is about relationships and not just with your side of the aisle, but both sides. And so not being able to do any events or do dinners or have receptions or any of that has been a challenge for the freshmen. It eased in about the April timeframe, April, May. Uh, the city um, removed some of the COVID restrictions, but that's made it really hard. We haven't had a traditional um, freshman year. We didn't have a traditional swearing-in ceremony. I was allowed one person um, to join me. Mm-hmm. And after a lot of conversations with my husband, he said, you should take Ainsley, our youngest daughter. She's my Politico kid and campaigned <laughs> for me. And um, he said, you know, I would love to be there, but she'll remember it for a lifetime. Oh, sure. That's her. awesome. Mm-hmm. So we did. Um but, you know, it was tough when you can only have one person see you there yeah. on the floor mm-hmm. taking the oath was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, so it, I hope that, you know, at some point people will continue to get vaccinated and we'll, we'll be able to get over this pandemic and, and return to life as we knew it. Because I mm-hmm. think people are really struggling right now. And yeah. um, 18 months is a really long time to be in this. Yeah. yeah. No, so. that's true. We listened to Patrick. Patriot XM 125. And I think it's Stacy on the right. Stacy on the right. Yeah. Yes. And she did a big shout out for all the freshmen coming in. And, and I thought that was really, really cool that she did that. She's been great. I've been on her yeah. show a couple of times, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's She's, right. It's usually later in the evening, you know, uh-huh. nine o'clock hour or so. But, yeah. um, and it, you know, she's, uh, I think really thoughtful in how she approaches things. But, you know, one thing I will say about the freshman class, there's 45 of us. 20 women um, and also an incredible diversity from a background perspective. You have Native American, Mm -hmm. Korean American, two Korean American women from Orange County. Wow. Um, You have African American, our Super Bowl champ, uh, Burgess Owens. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all, um, you know, come from different walks of life and different backgrounds, but we're all sort of, you know, moving towards the same goal. And that is, um, you know, we want to retake the house in 2022 if possible and, um, and really fight for conservative values. And so one of the things I, um, was excited to, to, um, have, have happened to me was being elected class president. I'm the first Republican female ever to hold that role. Um, who knew, Mm -hmm. but, but the class is really fantastic and I'm proud to be a part of it. That's amazing. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that that's amazing. I, I think about that and you're talking about the whole diversity of background and we talk about diversity of thought. I feel like as Americans, we, we look at, we forget that politics, there is a diverse, uh, diversity of backgrounds, all walks of life to your point that there are tons of men and women out there that are serving their constituents doesn't matter what color or age they're they're serving. That's exactly right, and yeah. in a lot of different capacities, right? Sure. Um, whether it's a school board, city mm-hmm. council, mm-hmm. law enforcement, um, you know, <clears throat> they're trying. They want to make a difference. And many of my colleagues um, were former mayors. Um, many of them are veterans and mm. have fought for the flag and fought for the freedoms that we all hold so dear. And they want to protect those, and so they're yeah. very passionate about that. Um, there was a really cool commercial during the campaigns last year. I don't know if you all saw it, but uh, it was. Actually Actually, out of Texas, mm-hmm. and it was um, Dan Crenshaw, yeah. August Fluger, and Tony <laughs> yeah. Gonzalez, like all these, you know, bad you yeah. know, people that um, were, you know, t- taking up arms yeah. to try to you know, protect the country. It was kind of a cool commercial. Yeah, yeah. You did see that. yeah. Speaking of bad people, yeah, amazing people. We uh, 
We have a friend. His name is Tom George. Yeah. You, you probably know who we're speaking of. I know of him from Twitter. Actually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, senior chief, retired, 25 years, United States Navy. Amazing dude. Maybe you uh, could get together and meet him sometime. I would love that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. He sounds like a fantastic guy. We've communicated on Twitter a few yeah. times. And, um, you know, those are the kinds of people you never would have had the chance to meet. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's one of the things I go back to loving people and loving meeting new people and getting mm -hmm. to know them. Um, I've met some fantastic folks on Twitter um, <laughs> and uh, developed great relationships with them. And so yeah. um, he's one of them I hope to be able to meet in the future. Yeah, we have too. Are you, I saw you look at Kyle, so we we agree. <laughs> Kyle's we agree. Over in the background. That's yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Margie. Well, uh, no, I I think you know this has been excellent. It's always great to hear stories of you know, especially just how you got involved in politics. Just because I think it reminds people that it's so doable. It's accessible. Yeah. You can do it too. You just. You know, it doesn't have to be as big of a movement that you had behind you, obviously. And you know, hopefully you don't get as contentious as your race obviously yeah. got. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even just being involved at that local level. And, and I think you're right. I think people see now how important that local level really truly is. And so hopefully, you know, just inspired some people today, just you personally being here to get more involved and and to say, you know, you it's not somebody that yeah. has all these big crazy mm -hmm. connections and not never in my wildest dreams. I mean, <laughs> think about this. Um, I don't mind sharing my age. Um, I was 40 years old when I was approached about running for public office. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to be, wow. you know, it doesn't have yeah. to be some sort of um, long-term plan. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it for me, it fell in my lap in many ways. And I'm incredibly grateful that it did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What what advice do you have for someone who wants to get into politics? I, what I would say, first of all, is go volunteer in a campaign. Mm -hmm. I think you get a perspective of what a campaign is all about um, up close and personal, what it's like to go knock doors. People, um, when you tell them as a candidate, you have to go out and knock on you know strangers' doors and, and introduce yourself and ask them for support. Um, sometimes they bristle a little bit, <clears throat> but... That was some of the most fun I've had is getting out and knocking doors. You meet great people. They're passionate yeah. about issues. Um, they're, for the most part, really, really kind. Um, sometimes they're a little grouchy because they had a no soliciting sign on the door yeah. and knocked on it. Um, it. Occasionally, you have great stories about being chased by dogs. I mean, you know, yeah. but, um, but I think getting involved in a campaign and understanding the dynamics gives you good perspective on what it's going to take. Yeah. Um, to be able to, to put yourself out there. So find a candidate, whether it's mayor, city council, school board, um, state house, state senate. I know for a fact that my colleagues would love to have help in campaigns. Uh, we all want that help. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, get out there and find a candidate that you want to get behind and see how it works. And then you can decide for yourself if that's something that you want to do in the future. Yeah. And I would encourage young people to do that too. I have the most incredible campaign staff that um, volunteered mm. um, in the last campaign. And I hope I can snag most of them again this time. A lot of college kids yeah. that just are passionate and they wanted to get involved and they had the best time. That's yeah. good. Lots of great yeah. memories. Yeah. yeah. How does Stephanie Bice want to be remembered? Um, I want, at the end of the day, I want my girls to look up and be proud of me. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters. Yeah. Mom did good. 
Your mom was a bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've uh, yeah. I think we've centered around the uh, podcast title here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're always trying to come up with our board. It's something. late night. Okay, what are we calling this podcast? Yeah. What are we, what there is you the go. title of it? But yeah, I just I, I want at the end of the day um, my family to be proud of me. I want to um, you know my family to you know know that I did the best I could. Yeah. Um, and that at the end of the day, my girls know that you know. I was there for them. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Margie? No, I think, yeah. This is great. I, uh, thank you for giving us the time and the privilege to just uh, host a show. Yeah. Wow, this has been fantastic. Yeah. And, I'm, and I didn't know that Margie, it was Margie's first time to be um, yeah. on this side. Yeah. So this is really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so how do people get a hold of you if they, you know, if they want to reach out or, you know, obviously if they're part of your district, how do, how do they get in touch with you? Great question. So um, on the official side, um, you can visit bice.house.gov. Um, if you have things that you need help with, whether it's uh, IRS, Social Security, Security. We're getting a lot of passport or have been getting a lot of passport calls. Um, people want to travel um, yeah. and haven't been able to. Any of those issues that veterans issues, if you need help with veterans benefits, mm-hmm. um, any of those issues, call um, or visit my website. And you can also call my office, um, 405-300-6890. Um, and my staff is uh, incredible and they want to help. And yeah. that's what we're here for. So no, they're awesome. Reach out. I do have one question. And now I'll just start off with I voted for President Trump twice and I stand behind his um, his values and what he stands for the United States of America have you had the chance to meet President Trump I have not I well sort of um, I'm he, he did a, a sort of a town hall call for me during the campaign and so I got the mm-hmm. chance to chat with him on the phone for a few minutes yeah um, I haven't met him in person yeah. I think I may be going um, to an event where he may be in the future but that we're still that still remains to be seen but I haven't met him before so that'd be awesome yeah. is it here in Oklahoma it is not because oh. no. <laughs> he wants to sign up to yeah you know that's been maybe one of the most challenging things is there's a lot of I think contention with the president and mm-hmm. how he approached things and I understand for some people his um, approach was unconventional and people didn't really care for it but I tried to remind people you know separate sort of the um, rhetoric from what was actually happening the policies you sure. know, and yeah. policies yeah. that he was working on yeah. I think made a lot of sense to the country um, but you know I understand sometimes the uh, the Twitter um, rants uh, got a little much for folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I reiterate the fact that the United States is a team and yeah. we're going to be teammates. And that's so right. what's best for the United States is what's best for us. And mm-hmm. that's the way I'll always look at life and doesn't matter. So that's exactly right. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It was such a great time. Yeah. I enjoyed every minute of it. And hopefully I can come back and do this again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll follow up. Yeah, that thanks, so Stephanie. Thank, so thank you so to much. See you again. Yeah. Thank you so much. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. 
Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.